Hey, everybody. Welcome to Love About Town, the podcast where two brown nerds assess sex, dating, and relationships in an attempt to get better. As always, I'm your host, Kenise Mobley, and... It's your boy, Rohan, everybody. Thank you for listening. This is a really special episode this week. It's just me and Kenise. We realize that we've been doing the podcast for like five years, uh, which is crazy. And we haven't done a solo episode in like can you tell me years have we not done a solo like episode? Four years. Like four years. <laughs> so we were like, why don't we do a solo episode, catch up, talk about dating in the pandemic, talk about race and dating, talk about why is Kenny single? <laughs> and it's just because us two we, this week. Guys, listen, we found an answer. No, we, we got an answer. <laughs> yeah. And spoiler alert, it's you. It's your <laughs> fault. <laughs> so Anyway, this is a conversation just between us, and I'm oh, yeah. so happy about the podcast in this episode. So, yeah, listen yeah. away. <laughs> this is an episode of the pod. It's just us. No yeah. guests. We've no been guess. doing this, Rohan, did you know? We've been doing this for five years. Yeah, holy fuck. Love About Town in some incarnation with different podcast studios. But we've been doing this for five years. Five fucking years. So this God is like a damn. check-in episode where does the time go Honestly. i know we're old now we're we started this when we were young, shit. but yeah. now we're old yeah and I, I i would love to i mean i don't want to listen to old episodes because <laughs> i've definitely said cancelable things or not things, really yeah, not but you know like things that i would just be ashamed of yes. <laughs> yes and that's fine you know but i would love for someone to do a retrospective on how many times i flip-flopped on a particular issue <laughs> or uh how I've evolved in any way. So if you can do that, that would be dope. Not yeah. you. <laughs> Just it's a so listener weird. who has a lot of free time to go back <laughs> to the archives, yeah. go on iTunes where the old episodes are. Yeah. If you really want to go ahead. But yeah. what we we started recording in the middle of a conversation yeah. wherein I said a friend of ours from Boston, mm-hmm. uh, he has he's dating a black woman. He is a white man. I think he's white. I don't know what people are. He's white. He's white. Okay. I was like, he could have been something else. Uh, I don't, you know, people are what they are. Yeah. But I was like, I got a vibe that he would date a black woman. And when I say that, it sounds like it's like a specialty thing or something. In no way do I want to communicate that. But it is a way of looking at me and talking to me like I am a possibility versus what some of our, the people that we know, especially in Boston, where it's like, oh, I get this very, this vibe that I'm like neutered to them because there's like not even in their heads the idea of dating a black woman is just like not even a thing that they've considered doing. Sure. So it's hard to describe exactly what it is, but it is a thing where someone doesn't treat you like, Oh, I see black women as genderless, but someone who like specifically talks to you like you are a female. Yeah. 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 That is how I was like, Oh, he's open in this way. He humanizes you in a way that is not necessarily uh, present in other conversation with men that you possibly could be interested in or yeah. not interested in, but you know, like yeah, you're just in men atmosphere. in general, but there's like, yeah. sometimes you're like, Oh, this person. And sometimes it's like, Oh, I know that this, I can tell based on like a lot of things about this person that they've never dated a black woman. I can just tell that, but yeah. sometimes it's an, Oh, this person doesn't find me attractive. And the way that they communicate that is by treating me like I am a male. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's just subtle differences. And I can tell like, oh, this is what's going on here. Yeah, that's interesting. I think a lot of men also like I don't discount you're I mean, you're right, because like, there's no way I could say that you were wrong and discount their experience. (laughs) I think a lot of men, uh, I think a lot of men like at least I do this is like 
whenever I, uh, if I'm interested in some, uh, this was back in the day, I should say, like when in my twenties, if I was interested in someone, I would try to treat them like they were my friend. And like, like, like a, like a guy be like, oh, you're like, cool. Cause I don't know how to ask you out. Cause I had no idea how to do it. So yeah. it's just like, what's up, bro. And I'd be like, I secretly love you. You know, like in my head, I'd be like, oh my God, you're so cute. How do I convey that I'm cool? And the only way I know that is to like be a guy. Oh. <laughs> so you're no, like, I mean, but even so, even mm-hmm. in that, did you ever like talk to them about women in a way that's like, you know, I'm a straight woman, right? Like that. I can't, I'm not relating to you in this way. Why are you treating me? Like I have a dick. Like I would like try to, well, the thing was to be like, let's, let's talk about girls and guys. And then I would like, we'd have, you know, that you'd have a too deep conversation where now you can't date at all. And there's yeah. like no romantic. <laughs> and so I'd go straight to that. Cause I had no Why? idea what the in-between was because I don't know. I don't know what the in-between was. I didn't, I have no idea how to flirt. Let's be clear. No flirting game mm. whatsoever. You have to be very upfront with. That's why dating apps work for me. Or like I like them because it was very upfront that we were on yes. a date. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. I so many of yeah. our guests have been like, no, the apps don't really work for me. And most of the time, and I'm not shitting on our guests. Most of the time, the people who are like, I don't know, I've just like never used the apps, or people who are like hot, yeah. and like cool in a certain way, and you're like. Well, no, you have it because you just walk outside and people are like, uh, please, could I? Yeah. 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 Oh, what? Oh, my pussy just opened up. Would you like to fall into it? There's an opening like that kind of shit. Yeah. And Fuck like, off. You're hot. <laughs> also, like we, some of the people that we've had on that are hot and they try to give advice and it's like, truly, I respect you as a person, but like your advice is completely meaningless. Please stop thinking that the, your situation is based on like your abilities in any way. Like don't get me wrong, a hot person can turn it off. And like, there is a level of intent that comes with certain types of hotness, yeah. but it is infuriating to have someone who like people naturally are gravitating to tell you that like, oh, you just need to be more open. And it's like, but you you're not people aren't talking to you because you're so open. Like, yeah, that's not talking, what's happening. here. Yeah. People are taught if, if, if you are, especially if you are a man and women slide into your DMS. No, 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 no. You can't. You're not open. You're hot. You yeah. posted something on your Instagram or your Twitter or whatever that made you look incredibly attractive. So much so that someone uh, decided to message you directly which is the most flattering way of being told that they like you. Yeah. (laughs) How do I put this? I wish there were more open conversations about that. And like, that's part of the reason why I did want to start this episode talking about this, but there, how do I put this? Instead of saying some people are attractive and attractiveness comes with certain privileges. Mm-hmm. When you say that to an attractive person, what so often happens is they're like, no, 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 but you're hot too, but you're hot too. And it's like, you're not recognizing the fundamental differences in our experience. Yeah. And therefore it really feels like you're denying and saying that my experience of the world isn't real. And totally. that's and really frustrating. It's to- I'm not saying, I'm not accusing you of being hot. I'm telling you that you are hot and it's okay that I am not as hot as you. Yeah. But you're just Experience is just different. And I don't have a problem with not being as hot as you. I just don't take your word as seriously when, yes. when you're like, you got to be more honest and open and you got to be like confident and attract. You got to be confident and you got to put your arm on a girl's shoulder or something. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Like I can do that, but I'm going to, I'm a, I'm a handsome ball guy, but I'm also a ball guy still. So we're going to put my hand on someone's shoulder. It's going to be a little bit creepy. So it's just like, it's fine. I don't care about that. That's, 
I know what my lane is. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, there's a reason why the Steve Buscemi test exists. Like that. Wait, wait, what is the Steve Buscemi test? I don't Steve know Buscemi test. And this is largely for women. And mm-hmm. I've heard it used in the context of like analyzing someone's behavior in movies, but it's also yeah. good to like analyze people's behavior on a date or just in the world. So yeah. with a rom-com specifically, it's like, okay, this guy goes to her work. He buys her flowers. He surprises her with this. And we, even the language that we use to describe what the person's doing is like nice and kind and kind mm-hmm. of flattering. But imagine instead of like Brad Pitt doing that or Dan Stevens or someone who we think oh. is conventionally attractive, replace that person with Steve Buscemi. And are you reacting the same? Mm-hmm. Are you still like he was like so spontaneous and flattering or are you going to be like he was a creep he followed her around he went to her work he sketched her out like how are you you're using these fluid like nice language because that person is attractive and if they were less attractive you would not interpret their actions in such a positive way oh i like this test yeah me too yeah that oh that's so interesting that's like it's not like the Bechtel test at all, but I mean, I, just, I heard it. Well, no, I didn't hear it first on the Bechtel cast, but yeah, it's like, it's the thing that I've heard to the point where like I went on a date yesterday mm-hmm. and the person was very attractive and I found myself being like, okay, pause. Yeah. Would I find this as charming if, and like the thing is a young Steve Buscemi, I'd make out with him yesterday. Sure, yeah, he's very but, like, uh, Would I find this as appealing if, like a guy who wasn't as traditionally attractive did these things. And Mm -hmm. sometimes the answer was, no, I would think this is generally charming, but sometimes the answer was, no, he can only get away with this because he's he's so hot. Yeah. Like if he was less hot, then I would probably be like, well, that was a little weird or I'd ask more questions. Yeah. 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 There's a, there, there is like a charm and a confidence that comes with knowing that you're attractive and knowing that you're hot and like, feeling that you have like some level of agency when it comes to, or when feeling like you have the upper hand, I don't know how you feel Kenise, but I certainly like every time I go on a date, I'm like, I do not have the upper hand here. Really? <laughs> I, yeah. I never like, I'm never like we are equals. I'm always like, I've got to impress you. And then maybe at the really? end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm at the, I'm at that level. Like, okay, I got to impress you. Maybe I'm at the, and, and sometimes maybe I'm like, I don't care. Like I don't care about this person. Right. Like, yeah. But but I never am like, I am the one in charge of this situation. (laughs) Sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm not. Ah. I will say, like, if we're looking like a retrospective five years of progress. Yeah, I definitely feel more now. Like, if I like you, I like you. If I don't, I don't. This isn't the end of the world. And if Mm. you're impressed by me, great. If you're not also, that's fine. It was a night of my life. Mm hmm. But I definitely feel like I used to be like, oh, I got to impress this person. I've got to like win them over and do this. But now I'm just like, I'm going to be me. Yeah. And you're going to react to that, how you react to that. Hopefully like a nice version of me that's like maybe not like the worst parts of me all up up front. But like, yeah, I, I no, like I'm spending less energy trying to impress the dudes. Like, oh, oh, see, you know, I, I, that was something that it was like I was I'm. I was always insecure about, and I kind of like that a little bit. I kind of like the performative aspect of dating a little bit where like uh-huh. you are trying to convince them to like you, but that was before I started taking my antidepressants. <laughs> now that I started taking antidepressants, I think that I'm like more on where your level is at, but I won't know. Cause I have a girlfriend. So like yeah. it didn't, it doesn't change, but like, I think that it, I, I do think about this quite a bit. I was like, if I was single, how would I approach dating now? 
Yeah. Like given that like my brain is not, I'm not an, as anxious as I used to be. Yeah. And I think it would be like that. I would be like, okay, I'd ask more questions, but I wouldn't be like on, like on, on, on. I would be like, and I wouldn't like think of like, oh, we got to have sex at the end of the night or we have to make out in order for that date to be successful. I'd be yeah. like, all right, let's just see where this goes. Like, That's, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't drink as much. I would just be like, okay, like, let's see where this goes. We'll have fun. If we don't, if we, you know, whatever if things happen, great. If they don't, whatever. That's fine. Yeah. But that's what, how I'd like to think. Now, if I had a date tomorrow, I'd probably just be like, oh, God. Oh, no. I got to freaking turn on the charm. Turn on, like, be as funny and cool and nice and, like, as possible. Be a very accommodating. Not that, you know, overly accommodating. That's kind of yeah. how I feel on first dates. But uh, but anyway, what were, I, I was rambling. <laughs> no, you weren't. You were talking. And you were giving your thoughts on a topic. Rohan, don't apologize. Uh, all right. Um, yeah. But, but, yeah, like, it's just. Yeah, I, no, I, I was curious about like the the level, like how you feel when you go into a date, because I always assumed that you didn't feel like you had like the upper hand on a date or you didn't feel you don't always feel like you're the one in charge. You're always just kind of like going in there and being like, I got to impress this guy or like this guy. I got to put my best foot forward when when it comes to this guy. I always just kind of got that impression from you. Oh, really? No, I feel like and maybe this is just as of like the last few months or something, but truly on dates, I have been like, I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> and if they want to do that, that's cool. So I'd like, and oftentimes like recently it's been like, I pick the restaurant. <laughs> oh. I like, I, it's a place that I like a place that I've heard of. Sometimes I'll let them pick the restaurant. I don't know. I just feel very much so like, and some of this could be why I'm still single, but it is very much so like, I'm going to do what I want to do. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't have, I think based on the stress of the pandemic and I've been very stressed out and I've yeah. like acknowledged like, Oh, I've been stressed out for years and I haven't been giving myself time to recharge. Right. And I haven't been like focusing on like letting my mind clear itself before doing other things. I yeah, you're go, 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 go. Yeah, I've been go, 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 go for since you've known me. Yeah. So it's like really nice to be like, okay, let me take stock. Like, what do I actually like? What do I actually want to do? And I think that's what I'm doing on dates. Like just when I'm done, I'm done. And I'll be like, I've got to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's not like I'm not having a good time, but like I just spent three hours with you and I don't, spend more than three hours with people. I don't need to. So we're done. Yeah. One thing fun. that I have learned is that I guess over like the last five years I've been dating and like being in like now a second, like pretty serious relationship is that like you, whenever I'm on a date and I feel like I need uh, to decide, like if we're, if, if it's moved past like three dates and you're like, okay, we have started doing something. I have to decide whether my fight or flight flight or fl fight impulses like or flight in the sense there's no fighting. <laughs> I'm not it's not like okay well I want to I want to break up with this lady. Yeah, let's go. I'm gonna, I got I got to figure out a way to beat her up. No, that's not that's not it. <laughs> when, when I when I'm trying to figure out like the next step. Um something that I learned and I I've made mistakes with in the past is like misidentifying things that I don't like with reasons to not be with somebody. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, okay, well, this person, you know, has this taste. Well, I can't be with them because that's not my taste, but this is going to be a problem in the long run. So we might as well just not date at all. Yeah. It's like one of those things where it's just like, okay, this is, you have, you have to realize that, you know, it, this is your impulse to run away from 
what could potentially be a satisfying and intimate and more intimate relationship. Mm. And you have to push through the days where you're like, I am so fucking nervous about this person and what our relationship means and like what we're doing together. Because, uh, if I had done that, you know, with my current girlfriend, we wouldn't be together now, you know, and we're yeah. having a good time. And even my previous girlfriend, we had a great time when we were together. I mean, obviously it didn't work out, but it was like, oh, if I had, you know, if I had, I mean, I did sort of break up with her a couple of times before and then get back, <laughs> but like, you know, I regret kind of doing that because it was just like, oh, well, I'm just being a coward almost. I'm wow. being insecure as opposed to actually finding a reason to not be with somebody. And that's something that I've learned. And you have to kind of, evaluate when you're when you think that you like someone as a guy especially you would not as a guy as a guy and a girl but like yeah that's something that i've learned and i i have never had that problem and what i say that (laughs) i I, how do i say this the things that i've identified is like uh oh this isn't going to work normally it's not like our tastes don't align or like this person is more quiet than me or something like that it's usually like big structural things that make me like, oh, I know the type of life that I want to lead. And mm-hmm. this person clearly would not be able to do that. Yeah. I, in some instances, I haven't asked the person, but I think when I haven't asked them to like make the adjustments that would allow me to see this as like a long-term thing, I haven't wanted to ask like the right. that I've dated. Yeah. Like, and I, I'm still this is like, for me, the big question, like, I don't, there isn't anyone that I've dated that I've like done the three month thing with that I wanted to continue dating. Yeah. I think that what's interesting is that like the women, not women, I think this is, I truly do think this is like a men, women situation. Like Mm -hmm. this is a difference between like how, like online dating for men and dating in general for men and women. Whereas I think that like, women don't want to come on too strong. And by coming on too strong, it like some people interpret like basic communication relationships <laughs> as coming on too strong. I certainly do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And like, I think with me, I come, I am someone who naturally comes on too strong all the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's just who I am. I like, I'm happy to have really intense conversations yeah. on the first date. So like, for me, it's like more like I don't have a problem bringing those issues up. And like, I want to create an atmosphere like a woman doesn't have a problem bringing those issues up. But like, I think a lot of guys aren't like that. A lot of guys don't communicate that well or are afraid to communicate that well, or frankly, don't know how to communicate that well while they're dating. Or maybe they just don't want to. Maybe they don't know what they want. Maybe they're just like looking for like, you know, a manic, manic pixie dream girl or like someone who's exactly like their mother, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they can't find that. And, or that it's just like, whatever. So I think that there is like a communication gap between like men and women, especially when you're in that really initial stage where you don't really know each other that well, but you like each other. The sex is good. The dates are fun, but like, you don't know what exactly what you want to do. And nobody wants to be that person who. Uh, or the women especially don't want to be that person who is like, I'm coming on too strong and I'm going to push him away. Yeah. And the guys are like, well, I don't have to communicate because it's the way that I like it. And then if it isn't, then I just will ghost or I won't do anything. Yeah. And I think that there is like a clear gap between men and women in this. And I don't know how to bridge that gap except to be like, you know, you can be clingy. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Not clingy. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you can, whatever you think, just like follow your instinct kind of. And if your instinct is wrong, then that person isn't for you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that kind of thing. But that's very pie in the sky. So 
communication, I don't think is my issue. Okay. I think I communicate. I don't think that the communication is your issue. I think it's yeah. the, it's, it's the issue. It's, it's communication is two way street. Yeah. So I think that you, based on it, you know, based on the five years of this podcast <laughs> and also like just talking off of the podcast, I think you're pretty upfront with what you want. And like in the times you're not upfront, you're always like gut check. Should I send this to somebody? Should I do this to this? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you do, you do, do, do gut check with me and your other friends. I'm sure. Yeah. About like how to communicate with guys. Right. So you are upfront in that way. I think that it's the other side of it where, you know, men aren't, aren't prepared or they don't, they don't, they don't want to be that upfront or they don't think that they need to be, or like, yeah. they're just sort of like, I'm not thinking about this or I'm not preparing for dating in, in any way, you know, uh-huh. I'm just like, I'm here for the ride. And it's kind of just like, we'll just see where things go. And that works up to a point. But I do think that like, you know, after a little while, you do need to like, especially after like a month or so, you do need to like, be like, let's talk about something. Like, yeah. You know, like, like, let's t- even if it's casual, it's like, Hey, this is casual. Right. And then if it is great. And if it's not, whatever, like nothing can, well, I shouldn't say nothing can be hurt, but it's just like, if you communicate properly and the other person is in the same line of communication as you, and they're on the same wavelength, then your relationship is going to be your relationship, whether that's casual or not casual or whatever, mm. it's going to be what you want it to be. Yeah. And I think that for you, it seems like a lot of the guys who you're uh, trying to date don't communicate in the same way you communicate. Uh, I do. I've always wanted to ask you this. And I think I've asked you this, like in the depths of depression, yeah. but I do want to just like, you know, me better than anyone. Yeah. Why am I single? Why are you single? Why this am is? I single? Well, um, uh, why I just, I, there are a lot of, there are, there are reasons. One, you're very specific about what you want. And there are not a lot of men who achieve that. So there's, there's that like one aspect of it. And I don't think that that is like a bad, cause that why am I single question is very loaded. It's like, what's yeah. wrong with me? Yeah. And uh, that's not the way that I would put that. I don't okay. think that being single is bad. In fact, like there are some people who, I don't know, whatever. It's, it's not bad. It's not. I, a, okay. I don't think that it's bad. And honestly, I continue to choose to be like, yeah. it'd be one thing if like all of my relationships ended because other people ended them, that right. would like be like, oh, wow. For me, I would definitely take that as like a note, you know, mm-hmm. but like, because I'm ending a fair number of my relationships or like calling into question what they are to see if I'm going to leave or stay. Like, I don't necessarily think it's like, oh, there's like some terrible thing wrong with me. And therefore I'm destined to be alone forever. It's more like, okay, clearly like the way I'm approaching this isn't yielding the results that I want. So there must be some like fixable thing. And that is because I do approach things as like problems to be fixed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Something isn't, something isn't jiving. Yeah. This is the thing. And this is the thing I kind of struggle with, with you is that like, if you were more forgiving of people or you were more like, uh, compassionate about people's flaws <laughs> okay <laughs> Sorry. if you were, fun. if there were the thing if people didn't automatically check a uh, click off your checklist right let's say they had like okay for example this last guy we won't mention any names okay yeah. but he until that one sex snafu where he was just like i don't like the way that you come obviously like that's like not something that is good especially after like a few months of being together like come on man like you don't don't i don't know whatever but like if you were 
willing to overlook certain things about guys that don't like click off your checklist right away. And then you stayed with them and you tried to work on those things. Would that make you happy or would that not make you happy in the long run? So I think like for that, it would be one thing if he was like really trying to have a relationship right? and like communicating with me in a regular way, because like we both didn't text each other for a month. Like we right, both, exactly. were, like had those, like, eh, we're not really sure if we're particularly interested. Right. So if those other things had been there. Then that one thing would just be one thing, but because we didn't, we don't have an established communication pattern. We had the opportunity to do those things and not that like just, we both weren't interested enough to do them. Then it's like clearly no. So I think I'm, like you're, you're acting like the way that you're describing it makes it seem as though like I'm just like superficially being like you don't meet all my no. boxes versus like he's not that interested. No, <laughs> no. actually no. compatible. Well, like, I, I was going to bring up the music. No, I was going to bring up the other guy who earlier this in the pandemic you were dating and uh i think he was a musician oh that guy there's issues there too that are like uh, so a he didn't want a serious thing right b this is i i shouldn't bring this up because like i should edit this out of the podcast but b like he did something that like completely triggered some past trauma and his right. worry was not like oh maybe i've traumatized this person his worry is like oh am i going to get me too for something but this is the thing so i was going to bring that up because you did try to work through it like yeah. you were like okay i am going to try that and then it made you miserable and you were like no i don't want to do that anymore yes and so so i was just going to say like it's not that you're incapable of doing it but i think that like one, the people that you're dating aren't necessarily like, you know, uh, good people. Not yet. Yeah, I mean, but that's also like not yeah. your fault. You don't control that. Right. Like you don't control who's on the apps. You don't control who you meet at a bar. You don't control like any yeah. of that stuff. Right. Like that stuff is very, very, very difficult. So that's not really in your corner. And that's something that you have no control over. Yeah. But like the things you do have control over are like how you behave when there's like, you know, typical relationship issues. And you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's hard. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. I was just going to say that you, one is because the men that are in your pool are not necessarily people who are into like a long lasting relationship. And then two, the reason is, is that like, you know, when you've hit those like crossroad moments, uh, it hasn't worked out because one that either the person is a jerk or like two, it's just like, well, you know, I'm, I don't actually want to work on this type of stuff, you know? And, uh, so much of like being in a relationship and not being single is like identifying those issues and talking about them and like working through them. And I'm not saying that that's something that you want to do like that, that just might not be the right thing for you. And that's like, totally fine. Yeah. You have like a very fulfilling life outside of your singleness you know there are lots of people who just like sit at home and then they just like don't do anything and they don't have anything going on and then they're just like why am i single men and women yeah. and it's like okay well like if you had other stuff going on that would be very helpful yeah but and you do so it's like yeah you you get so much more of that satisfaction from other things in your life too so maybe that's a way of thinking about it as well yeah. i don't think that why are you single is like uh like i think that that's a the, the question in itself is kind of like loaded and flawed. loaded question but it does feel like 
sometimes the fact that I've been single for so long feels True. like there's like a sticker on my back that I can't see, but like maybe other people can see. Oh, like, oh. But that sticker is like you smell bad or that you're loud or that you're like, oh, you laugh weird. And that's like none of those, but none of those stickers exist with you. Okay. So like, that's a thing is that like, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's no like big red flag that is behind your back. Like a thing that people are always saying about you that you don't know about yourself. I don't think that that exists Okay. (laughs) for you. I think that, you know, how you are perceived. And I think that, you know, like that I don't know, you know, like, yeah, no, I just think that we also live in fucking New York and there's 8 million people in New York. And, uh, every person on an app thinks that they can like just date around and then like do better. And then you just end up not selling on anybody because yeah. there's just a lot of people out there. And that's also like not in your favor, <laughs> I think, yeah. right? In terms of like starting a relationship. Whereas in like, if you were dating in Boston, you know, obviously, you know, the difference between you dating in Boston and you in New York, <laughs> it was like night and day. Odd. If I had the racial consciousness that I have now mm-hmm. in Boston, I wouldn't have dated anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, oh, your politics are bad and you think yeah. they're good, but they're not actually good. And your ideas about race are terrible. If I had, <laughs> had the ability to like better pick that out, then yeah, I would have not dated at all in Boston. But I also think, I mean, like, I'm not, I don't want to be like a dick about this, but like, it, this is definitely for both of us. And you opened my eyes to this in the time we've been doing the podcast, how much race fucking matters when you date. Yeah. And we have approached race in so much different ways in our life where I have internalized. I mean, all minorities do this, like internalize yeah. any sort of like bad feelings about you as being, this is about me. This has nothing to do with my color of my skin. And yeah. I do that to a fault. And only in the last like three or four years have I been like, hang on, is this like a skin color thing or is this like my fault? So yeah, yeah, and I don't know the answer to that. And I don't think I ever will know the answer to that. And I'm sort of like, I mean, it's uncomfortable and it's bad. Is the case. Like, yeah. (laughs) Sometimes it's clearer than other times, certainly. But I am happy. Like, I think when we first started being friends, I Mm -hmm. didn't feel as comfortable talking with you about my experience. Yeah. But over time, I feel like I've become much more comfortable in talking with you about that. Yeah. Also just being like, oh, I'm noticing how I'm treated different than my friends and not just like my hyper attractive, insanely hot friends, but like my run of the mill, normal ass friends, how we're being treated differently or like what the expectations are. Totally. And I noticed that, too. And I've been noticing that amongst my friends and like my people that I work with and like all this other stuff. And I'm like, okay there's gender and then there's race. And I definitely realize when my gender helps me. And I definitely realize when my race helps me and doesn't help me (laughs) more importantly, does not help me. And I think that truly, and you've taught, this is basically based on what you've told me a lot of it. I, unfortunately, like I think a lot of you being single and uh, a lot of black people being single is the perception of black women in like dating, right? Like, you know, this (laughs) better than I don't want to explain it to you. Rohan, Rohan, explain to me. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that that's a big thing too. Now, I think that a lot of that stuff is improving, but like, you know, the trickle down from the top to the bottom of like cultural experience, you know, like when a top meeting, like 
uh, let's just say like a movie or something, right? Where like cultural consciousness is created, some medium, some sort of medium, podcast, movie, TV show, book, whatever, right? Yeah. Trickling that down to your individual experience takes a long time, but like uh, certainly that has some, you would say that has something to do with it, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, how do I put this? I think people are more aware now, mm-hmm. but like, awareness is only ever the first step. So like before mm-hmm. I think I, so I've been talking about race and dating for a long time. Right. I think when I said it like four or five years ago, people were like, I don't know, Kenise, I feel like you're kind of taking it personally. That sounds like a you issue. Oh, that's without, I, I know when you told me about it first, I was like, all right, I'm listening, but also like, come on, <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. I'm so- listening to you, but also like it can't be as widespread as you say it is. And then I've noticed over time that, oh, this is like, and then, you know, you hear more people talking about it and you're like, oh shit, they're onto something. (laughs) So it's like, I do definitely think that awareness has improved. Like everything from people having read like the OkCupid stats about men in black women and understanding that and that sort of thing. And like just different people having an increased racial consciousness. I, I, great. Yeah, (laughs) Like awareness that the trend exists doesn't necessarily mean that people are acting against said trend. So like some people are like, wow, I do notice that I've never dated a black woman and I've noticed it and I will continue not to. But, but then there's the other side of it, which I struggle with too, is the othering, right? Where you're, you're the, you're the, you're, you're the notch on the bedpost, right? Oh, I'm, you're the first black girl I've ever dated, you know? Yes. Oh, I've read, you know, there was that one guy who you went on a few dates with who just like, told you what it was like to be black. You remember that, that therapist guy? Oh yeah. We only went on one date. Right. <laughs> yeah. Remember that guy? <laughs> remember that guy? <laughs> he said, um, apropos of nothing. Have you ever dated a white guy? And right. then he told me about all of his sensitivity training uh, that let him be sensitive to have racial conversations, which apparently he applied none of that sensitivity to our date. Yeah. That was, that was a bad one. Yeah. It's just like, you know, why people don't know what to do with some of this information, because there is the thing what you talked about, which is like a lot of people where it's like, okay, thank you. I read the article in the Atlantic. I read the (laughs) slate thing. I listened to the podcast. They told me about, you know, the othering of Chinese women. Now I know. So it's just like, okay, I'm going to move on, you know, like that kind of thing or the othering of black women. And then there's the, there's the other side of it. And you taught, you have that joke about it, about eating pussy, where you just try to overcompensate where it becomes othering. And you're like, I'm going to eat your, like, you know, men don't eat pussy. Okay. Now we are, and I'm going to do it for 30 minutes because I'm a good guy. Yeah. It's like, regardless of what the person wants, regardless <laughs> if they want that or not, I'm going to do it because that I heard makes me a good guy. Right. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, yeah. So it's like, no, it feels like they're like, Oh, I'm doing my anti-racist work by coming inside this lady. And right. That's annoying. That's annoying. And so there's, there's like that second level of it. When white people just don't just like, like a lot of them don't understand. It's like, look, it's just like change. It's like acknowledging that this exists is a lot. And you, when you interact with me, just have that in the back of your mind while you're interacting with me. Because I think that like, not, I think a lot of people, you know, and there are people who are assholes in general, but there are a lot of people who aren't and are just like worried about how to behave. And it's like, there's no, there's no rule book. <laughs> yeah. There's these things you need to understand that are not within your control. 
And that's just need to understand that when you're interacting with me or when I'm telling you a story about how I feel shitty about this guy, just know that this is the, the baggage that I'm dealing with. Yeah. I just yeah. think it's, uh, it's like empathy in a certain way. Like when Patrice was on the podcast, she like yeah. talked about how like, instead of looking at like, what is a crime and what isn't like mm -hmm. thinking about like, okay, would I want to treat a friend this way, this or that or the other. And similarly, yeah. I, in those instances when either I am talking about my experience with race or if I'm like truly just interacting with someone and they haven't interacted with a black person a lot, then yeah, what I want is for them to like make the assumption, this is a person who has their own experiences that isn't like making this up for some other reason. I'm trusting what they're saying and believing them. And yeah. Or it's just like why people, I, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say white people, but like people personalize an experience you're telling them. So you yeah. can tell them about like a horrible date that you went on and this guy just like, or like, you know, like you having a crush on a guy and then being ignored because you're black, right? Which you've told me it happens to you, it has happened to you a bajillion times. Yeah. And then instead of being like, well, I would never do that. You just got to be like, oh man, not that's really not fucking what, I wasn't accusing you. I'm not, <laughs> that's not what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. 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 Then, okay. Let me, just in case people are like, wow, Kenise blames every man who's not interested in her and she assumes that they're racist. That's not what that's I. That's not true. We're just talking about race and dating. <laughs> yeah. We're specifically talking about race and dating. Yeah. There have been several instances of dudes who like treat me differently or like other me in a way that lets me know that that is part of the equation for them. But I am not saying that anyone who doesn't want to date me is racist. Right. I mean, of course, but, but like, no, yeah, come up, on, but guys. Also funny, but also pretty fucked up. Yeah, really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it, it's, it, but, but that's like, this is, and this is the fucking thing, just being a minority and dating in general is that, fuck, that question is just always going to fucking be there. And you can fuck it. And I, I've seen you, it, it happened to you. And, and it certainly happened to me where you just fucking lose days thinking about it. You yeah. lose days thinking about, is this a race thing? Or is this a me thing? Is this a yeah. race thing? Is this a me thing? And like, frankly, like it's just, and you'll never get the answer, but your mind doesn't know that. And you continue to fucking push yeah. through the, the whatever logical. Thing I love is. this is sometimes it's comforting to like date someone who is also a minority and yeah. like sometimes you're like race still plays into it because we both exist in a society but sometimes it's like yay to be rejected by my personality like it's my personality this time and i know that yeah oh dude <laughs> yes oh 100 because i'm black this is because i'm annoying or this yeah. is <laughs> because I'm loud and crude yeah. and I'm not like I don't think I remind anyone of their mother <laughs> no right <laughs> I, yeah this, this is because of that not the other stuff yeah yeah for sure 100 uh, percent and like I think I don't know if it's happened to me like I don't know like and I I, I think the difference between me and you need sometimes that I kind of avoid thinking about it because I'm like this is like a this is like too traumatic or it's just like too uncertain it's too it's I'm only I'm the only one contributing to this and I know how I contribute to things and I know that it's a bad thing. So I don't I try not to think Wait, about it like I know my mind. I know my neuroses. My always you and I are always going to go to the worst place. I think yes. a lot of people are going to go to the worst place. Yes. I don't need to do that to myself all the time. Yes. Right. And so in the times where I have I've, I've ignored it or I've pushed it down or whatever. And in, a, in an effort to sort of be like, save myself from some whatever emotional pain. Yeah. But 
we ha- there has to be a balance where you do examine those questions and you do kind of talk about it in a way that is productive or else, you know, it, nothing changes. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know how to product. I frankly don't know how to productively talk about it with other people other than you, honestly. So yeah. like, uh, <laughs> I feel it's so interesting. Like there is a limit to how close I can feel with someone if I can't talk to them about race. Totally. And there are friends that I have that will always be like, at a certain level, because I know that they can't hang in those conversations or like they'll take it personally or they'll minimalize it or they'll do these other things. So it's like, yeah, that is such in a way that, yeah, I, in Boston, it was less so, Mm -hmm. but now it is like, oh, I truly cannot given the state of play. I cannot engage with you if this is something that you can't talk about. Yeah. And I think that in talking about the podcast, like the five years of guests that we've had, there have been people who have been really good at that talking about it. And then there have been people who like cannot talk about it at all, or like they don't have like the right terminology or like, you know, get off the mic and be like, well, that like, you know, it was good episode, but like uh, in my head, I'll just be like, that person can't talk. I can't talk about race with that person. Yeah. And and with me, at least for me, I can't speak with for you, but like for me, talking about race is like, not even like, not even something like, uh, we need to talk about this experience I had. It's like, if someone tells me something and I'd be like, yeah, that's like not the thing for Brown people. And then knowing that they're going to listen to me, that's all like I want. Yes. I just want to know that they're going to listen to me. I don't know. They don't have necessarily like agree or whatever, like whatever everybody's things are different, but like, at least that, what I tell them will inform what they do next. Or I think I, at least I'm, that's my perception. Yeah. The the worst thing for me is the people that I assume if I bring this up, they're going to say, no, that's you, you're, you're being crazy or you're being sensitive this or that. And it's like, for me, it's, it's truly wild because it's like, you know, me, you don't even know the other person that I'm talking about in this scenario, but you're so fast to like jump to the stranger's defense and not mine. Like that's, that's what I'm like. That's something I've learned doing the podcast is being an empathetic listener in that way, where it's like, if someone is telling you about something that happened to them, don't, Play de- like no one's looking for devil's advocate because yeah. you know that you're playing devil's advocate in your own head. You yeah. already done the calculations <laughs> and you're like, this seems fucked up. Right. Or like, this seems like, uh, this is a bad, this, I feel horrible in this situation yeah. and I'm negotiating it. Now, the other things about why I shouldn't feel horrible. I already know about that because I live in my head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes I wish I could just say that. Like I'm neurotic. Of course I considered if it's my fault. Of course I already (laughs) did that. Of course I thought through all the ways that I probably fucked this up. But I've gone through that several times and see that there's like but one big nebulous cloud and this is the nebulous cloud and you're telling me that that doesn't exist. That's a thing I think that really is like such a, there would be no men, like, you know, like in the 90s (laughs) and 90s, they're like, oh, men behave this way, women behave this way. All men gotta do is just be like, man, that sucks. Or, oh, that's awesome. Or like, I'm sorry that happened to you because five, nine times out of 10, that's all your partner's yes. looking for. And I wish in my twenties, I knew that. Cause I had so many like women friends who I, most of my friend are women. So yeah. it's like in my early, in my 20, I'd be like, well, you think about this and this, and let's make sure that we get to the right so- solution because like, yeah. you know, that's how I was raised. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, like you, you learn about it from your interaction with parents and stuff like that. So it's like, but then once I realized and women were just like, I just want you to tell me that do I just want you to listen? <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'll listen. I'm here to listen. I'm not here yeah. to necessarily 
uh, offer a solution because uh, you're a human being. (laughs) Right. I think, how do I put this? So like, it was modeled for me that like, I have, I have had a lot of male friends like being and just like the things that I've done a lot of times, my best friends are male and it does become this clear thing where like, when you say something, you're, male friends will play devil's advocate and like question the perspective and like try to re-litigate your experience versus like one of the dudes saying something and then just being like, yeah, that is like that. And you're like, wait, so what I'm learning here is that I have to constantly doubt my own experience. And in fact, like, and that is so ingrained to where like, before I bring anything up with anyone, the level of like, is this my fault? Did that actually happen this way? Okay, what proof do I have that like the experience that I say that I have, I actually had just in case people doubt me because I have to enter every encounter as though the person's going to doubt my experience. I know. That is exhausting. (laughs) And I'm very happy that we as a culture are moving away from like, no, it's cool to be the devil's advocate guy. Like, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like, and I think that when it comes to dating, it, it, this is the thing is that, when you're, if you're looking for, to be in like a, uh, whatever traditional heteronormative relationship, yeah. right? Like a monogamous relationship, the, it, it's so hard early on to gauge a, a person's ability to have that level of really deep empathy. And yeah. I want that right away. And that's kind of why I feel like I am a little bit on and I do talk about like being an old virgin on first dates. I talk about like being neurotic and talking about being scared and being like a really bad communicator and hating myself in my twenties yeah. because like it's like look, this is like who I am as a person, and you have all this backstory and like you know this about me now, so you can take take it or leave it. Like the I, I swear to God, it was this is the best actually, honestly. And I just and I was reviewing it in my mind before the podcast before I started dating my girlfriend now. I went on a few days with this woman who I liked. I thought she was great. We got along, but like we had, I was like being very friend vibey with her. And she was like pointing out like these, like we were doing like the, the, the astrology charts. Yeah. And she was just like, okay, you're a Leo. Like you're, you're like, you're confident. I was like, nope. And I, I like, I was like literally just being like, no. And then she's like, you're stubborn. And I was like, no. And she was like, you're a natural born leader. I was like, I'm none of these things. <laughs> You know, I was like, I'm kind of neurotic and nervous and uh, everything. uh, And I always want to be liked by everybody. And just like in the course of like being so upfront and honest over the course of three dates, like that kind of stuff. She was just like, hey, I don't think I'm interested in you romantically, but I'd love to be your friend. And then we like were texting a little while after that. But it was just like, oh, it's because I was... Just being like, look, this is who I am. Yeah. And uh, you can take it or leave it. And she was like, I'll leave it. And I'll I was like, you know what? <laughs> I respect that. Yeah. You, truly, when people say like, this is the case, take it or leave it. Every time they say that, they're expecting you to take that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, I'll leave it. And you're like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I have nothing else. Then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 100%. And so it's very funny. So like it can backfire, but also the point of it is that it won't backfire if you're with the right person. Yeah. But I don't think that men and women are w- willing to be that, that upfront, but I think that they're crap. They're, they're, uh, they're for different reasons. And one are more insidious than the other, yeah. you know, being a bad communicator can be changed, but being told by society that you communicating is a flaw is not, is, is like, okay, well that's fucked. Yeah. It's always going to be fucked. And I think women always have to deal with these like very fucked stereotypes 
and conditioning that have existed over time. And I'm a hero. That's what I want. Oh, this you're, like, you're I'm a fucking hero. <laughs> <laughs> I will say like, okay, I think more do, it's not just you who's like very open and willing to do that. Some dudes kind of uh, almost weaponize it. And I'm trying to figure out exactly what I mean, but it's like, just like affection, honesty bomb to mm-hmm. almost um, push aside any concerns about honesty or intimacy or anything like that. So they like attack you with like deep stuff right away. Very intimate. We're so connected, Mm -hmm. uh, which like encourages you to be like, here's all my stuff. And like, yes, let's sleep together because we're clearly feeling this very deep connection. And then when you ask for the things that typically go along with that level of intimacy, then they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wow. What would make one person you dated that was like that? (laughs) Wait, what? I can think of one person you dated that was like that. Wait, when we first met. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fuck, don't right. listen to this podcast, that person. <laughs> they don't. They don't. I know they that they don't. don't. Um, uh, that person is married and ruining someone else's life. <laughs> get him. Get him. I'm giving all of this intimacy to you. Now you owe me something is like, yeah, yeah it's not a great, it's not a great look. <laughs> no, it. I dude, I, I agree with that. And, and it's a, to be honest, that's something that I struggle with too, is where it's just like, like my girlfriend and I, I will do this thing where I'll be like, are you mad at me? And she'll be like, you're not giving me enough time to process the situation. You're just asking me, are you mad at me? Because you want this to end like right away. Ooh. And I'm like, and I'm like, Oh fuck, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and now, so like, now I'm like worried now I'm just like, Hey, is, and she and she's also like you. You can't put this in terms of like, are you mad at me or are you not mad at me? Like, I need time to like make a decision. So I've been like trying to like reword it. If I'm like, oh, did that? Up-? I'll say, did that upset you? Or I'll be like, is this? Uh, do we need to talk about this more? Like that kind of thing. Ooh, those uh, are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are good adjustments that you're making. Yeah, yeah. Those. Well, she helped me with. That. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, this is what you could say. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, yeah, but you know, th- those are, those are things that I, I'm, I'm totally guilty. I've been totally guilty of that too. Just oh. being like, oh yeah, here's everything about me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now we are intimate because I forced it in, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I forced that emotional level. Yeah. I just, uh, I don't know. I am going to probably continue dating. Um, you should, so <laughs> I decide not to, uh, but we'll see. I don't know. Also, you like, you like sex. You like enjoy getting fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you mean like most people? Yeah. yeah. No, no, not most. Dude, there are, you know that there are people who do yes, not and of enjoy getting people fucked. who are like asexual. There are people who are less interested in sex than I am. But I feel like based on me, like the way that I talk about sex and the fact that a lot of my comedy has to deal with sex, people assume a lot about me that I don't think is necessarily accurate. Like it's frustrating. Like, I write jokes about what I think is funny. And sometimes they are very biographical and sometimes it's less biographical. But people take all of those details and are like, she's like this, she's like this. And it's like, wow, that's not really the case. Well, you Uh, like to, you're the only person I know who does this where you, you actively hide your, like you, you've told me you do this. So I'm not being a jerk. (laughs) You actively like, you're like, I want to be buttoned up. I want to be perceived as me, not as a sexual person, because I want to be 
if if I deem that I like a person, then I want to open up to them sexually. But I don't I don't like do anything or, you know, not that I don't do anything, but it's like I will reveal my sexuality when I want to reveal my sexuality kind of thing where it's just like, yeah, it's not like a uh, it's 70 degrees. So I better put on my like my like, you know, uh, the the sundress that shows off my boobs, you know, like it's not like that kind of thing. Right. You're like, it's definitely more like. I, there's an aesthetic that I like and based on my conversations with you and other men it is not necessarily an aesthetic that is built to attract men. It is like, uh, okay. So what I, my ideal fashion is Puritan with yeah. <laughs> me, yeah. leather businesswoman. And yeah. both of those things are. Let's just say this. If you weren't black in the 1600, you'd still be accused of being a witch. You know what yes, I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Doubt, based on my personality and everything about me, if I was alive in the 1600s, I would be burned at the stake. And I know. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. Let's not. Yeah. Taking race because you would have been burned because you were black. And that's like, you know, like, if you said anything. Can read, burn, right. her. burn, burn her. But let's just say you weren't black. <laughs> they took you out of that. You would still be burned. I would. I would. They'd be like, <laughs> the devil's possessed her because she told men to shut up. So yeah, <laughs> right. She yeah. had a pin. She had an opinion. She had an opinion. She's dead. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I that like- that is like, yeah, your your style does not. I think that your personal style does not reflect your personal sexual preferences. I think it does because both uh, of them have to deal with being restrained in a certain way, not like restrained, like sexual harness, anything like that. Yeah. But like the thing that attracts me in someone is that they do have a lot of urges, but that they control them. And like that, like they, they recognize like a time and place and that they can be very like professional. And then they have a time when they are like wild that is yeah like. you can yeah it, it's just you know enjoying being a little bit withholding in sex yeah. right right there i don't know how that translates into in terms of like fashion like for me that, this is how it i i'm trying right. to represent the thing that i like but yeah. people aren't seeing it as that they're just right, like right, right, oh right. she's like a weird librarian and it's like yes sort of but like there's a lot of thought that went into this right no 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 but the idea of being a librarian is the thing because you're actually not as you're actually it it makes your what you're actually into more enticing because you seem so withholding but it's so hard and that's and that's different between like the way you dress and your act and stuff and then people assume all of those things and it's like you don't you know me from my act you don't know me as a person and uh i think that those two separate issues (laughs) people assuming who you are based on your act is different than being like people don't think that people think that i like sex with the lights off because of the way i dress yes so like that's like a frustrating thing where like I, I meet guys on apps. I that sometimes they look up my comedy, sometimes they don't. Most of the time I feel like they don't. They think that I am like a buttoned up prude based on how I dress. She does and the thing. Like at comedy shows, dudes are like, oh yeah, Kenise likes this and that. And it's like, I you don't know me that well. And also, no, I you don't know what I like. Right. But also, but your profile invites like because I know you, your profile invites sexting, right? Like if yes. you ask two questions properly you would start sexting with somebody just being like even like dude if you're like because you did didn't you i don't know if it's still in your profile or not but you put that you like sexting in your, yeah, your one of your profiles the very right? bottom of my profile and most people never mention it oh really? people read profiles like that yeah no that's true 
And then it would just, if it, it, all you have to be like, is like, what kind of sexting are you into? Like, like easing your way into the conversation so you could get sexting very easily is like, uh, I think that's a great quality that you, that's a great thing that you do, but people just don't read your profile. And again, you don't get to control that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I brought it up because it's like, okay, you're the way you dress might say that way, but if you did any, like, it's like, it's like conservatives. Like if you did one Google search, your whole worldview would be dismantled. And similarly, if you looked at your profile, you could be like, Oh, she's actually, you know, a little bit more, she's a freak. And it's like, okay, okay. Like, like, I, can work though, I, 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 I worry that people have um, people who do, who see my comedy think that I'm like way much more of a freak than I am. I guess. Okay. This is, this is what I think is part of the issue. Women can be either or while men can be both. So like, I either am a prude or I'm a whore. No, oh, I didn't think about it that way. And it's like the people who have slotted me in one way don't see the other side. And the people who have slotted me another way don't see the other side. So it's just like these two very. Well, I don't think that men are even I don't think that men are judged that way. No, like people, not. yeah. Right. Like men are like you're if you're a whore, like that's a good thing as a guy. Yeah. As, yeah. Well, and it is a good thing if you're a woman, but some just people don't appreciate that for whatever reason. God, I wish all women were whores. That'd be like fucking the best. Not, you know, give me pay sex for money, but just yeah, like, yeah. you Which know. Which also is a valid thing. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> that Yeah, of course. It's a very valid life. People are asking for different things. Whatever it is that they want, give that to them. But you know what I mean? It's just that yeah. like, yeah, just more open with their sexuality where men are not judged by being prudes or being whores. They're, <laughs> they're whatever they do can't, it can't necessarily be wrong or can't be, um, uh uh yeah it's 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 not bad yeah i think <laughs> i could be both like yeah sometimes i'm like this and sometimes i'm like this with some people i show this with other people i show this let me be both yeah do you have at least one like for lack of a better term slutty picture of yourself i your have profile? a picture in a bathing suit and i always can tell like mm. what type of guys or like this is the photo that i'm sending a little like on hinge for versus yeah. this other thing yeah I'm not going to lie. If on hinge, if I saw you in a photo of your bathing suit and I didn't know you, I'd probably like that one and be like, great bathing suit. <laughs> you know, like, like, honestly, like, I, or I would say great bathing suit. And then I would just like look through your profile and ask you a question or something like that. Yeah. I also, this is part of why I am single and I'm recognizing this. Mm-hmm. I am a huge flake. And oh, sure. But if, if, if given that my schedule changes so rapidly and I get stressed out and overwhelmed, I'll like match with like 20 people and then I won't write any of them for like two weeks. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I just I, I get overwhelmed and then I'm like, I can't do this. And so I used to have like horniness moments where I would. I would like swipe a lot. I would just swipe a lot. Like I'd be like, it'd be like 10 in the morning on a Saturday. I'd be like, I'm fucking horny as shit. I need to have sex. This I need to have sex tonight. Yeah. And I would just like go through everybody and, and just be like, what's up? What's up? What's up? Hoping they would get back to immediately. And then someone would get to me like five hours later. I'd be like, aha. And then I would just like write them back immediately. And I'd be like, oh God. So yeah, I'm, uh, it's, it, it goes both ways. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can be too horny and too horny is, is also not good. Yeah, I, I, because I'm like, yeah, I go through the similarly where I'm like, I need to date someone and then I'll like a bunch of people. And then the second they like me back, I've moved on emotionally and I don't feel that way anymore. You know what you need to do and to know whether it's real or not, you need to jerk off. 
Well, it's not just horniness. Like horniness mm-hmm. isn't the thing. It's like horny for dating. <laughs> and it's like, sometimes I'll feel that way. And I'll be like, I want to date someone and do these adventures with a man I'm romantically attracted to or something. No, you still got to jerk off and see if you feel that way afterwards. <laughs> because if you don't feel that way afterwards, it's just some anxiety that you had. Because True. jerking True. off True. is so like good f- for a- anxiousness. Yeah. I guess I should, I'll, whatever. We've, we've revealed so much about ourselves in the last few weeks. <laughs> I, I hurt my back. I hurt my back like, like four days ago. And then I got vaccinated like last week. So I was like sick. Yeah. And so I like didn't jerk off for like two weeks. which is like the longest I've ever like. <laughs> yeah. That's a long anything. time. And also my antidepressants, I've like lowered my sex drive or whatever. So it's like yeah. all combination of all these things led me to like not jerking off until yesterday for like two weeks. And I did yesterday. Like I had sex yesterday and the amount of stress and tension that I did, I just internalize that was just relieved and like yeah. gone. I was like, ah, yeah, you gotta do this more. <laughs> you can't go two weeks again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot and, of sense. And so you got it. So maybe when you feel that way, you gotta jerk off and then see if you feel that way after you jerk off. And then if you do, then it's like, okay, this is like a real feeling. I better just yeah. like, yeah, yeah. But if you're not stressed anymore or like whatever, I could focus on the next thing in my life. Then yeah. it's just like, yeah, I don't think you're flaky. I think that that's what no, internet dating is like. like with you. I'm I'm I am less flaky with you because sure. you're my best friend. Yeah, right. And like <laughs> I am more like when I hang out with you, I know I'm going to have a good time. You're right. But like if we say Likewise. we're going to hang out, I'm like, yep, I'm going to do that. I'm looking forward to this fun time. Yeah, yeah. But like with other people, I'm like, I said I was going to do this. But like, I don't know if that's going to be fun. And so I may or may not actually do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I hear you. I hear you. So um, I need to stop agreeing to do things. <laughs> then I won't flake on them because I never something... agreed to do it in the first place. Yeah, that's something that the depressants have helped me with. Just being like, I can say no, it's fine. Yeah, you say <laughs> no, that you don't want to. Yeah, there was like, I said no to somebody the other day. And it was the first time I was like, does this person hate me in like six months? I was like, yeah. oh, huh. And then I was like, this, and then, and then after like 10 minutes, it went away and I was like, all right, that's good. But, but yeah, I don't think that that's the, the, that stuff is like, again, there's so much that you're not in control of. And that's the thing that nobody really discusses when it comes to online dating is that there's so much of it that is out of your control and is dependent on the other person. And that doesn't absolve you of any of responsibility, but at the same time, it's like, people think it's a flaw to be single. And and I've, you know, been done other podcasts where you talk about this type of stuff. And it's like not a flaw. It's yeah. not bad. You should be, you should. Uh, yeah. It's not bad. It's not a, it's not a personality yeah. flaw. That's all I want. Anytime, anytime I think about like, Oh, I could have probably after college met someone in my college town, settled down with them and be living that life. I think of the people that I know who did that and how happy and how unhappy some of them are. And that is like truly a relief to me. I also just like, I know a fair number of older people who are married and that maybe shouldn't be married. Right. You know what? It feels really good to know that I didn't do that, that I totally wag into someone and let like, and slowly both of us wear each other down. Right. Like worse, less happy people. Yeah. I'm happy that I didn't do that. 100%. I think about that too. It's like, you know, and some people don't have the privilege to live like that kind of quote unquote examine life. Like some people like do it because like, you know, whatever they had a different upbringing than I do. I don't want to like judge people, but I think I do the same thing as you do, Kenise. And then I just like the wave of relief, (laughs) like flood. I'm like, 
I'm like, all right, like I'm still anxious or whatever, or I still feel bad about this particular thing, whether it's comedy or it's dating or whatever. Yes. But I, but imagine if I hadn't done any of this, <laughs> how miserable yeah. I would be. <laughs> I saw it was like a cartoon and I can't remember what the cartoon is, but effectively it was like single people often look at people in happy relationships and are like, I need to be in a relationship. And they're only looking in that one direction of the overall spectrum the, of people in relationships. So like, instead of looking like, oh no, I'm not as happy as these people in a happy relationship. Look at all of the people in a relationship. Look at all the people who are single. Like, are you happy? Are you like compared to where you were before, where you want to be, are you like, are you there? Or are you just comparing yourself to like the best possible thing? Yeah. And you own, and that's the only thing you have to compare yourself to because nobody on Instagram is posting a picture of their kids shitting their pants and you cleaning it up, you know, Yeah. like like no one's posting that. No one's posting a picture of their kid, like behaving badly uh, as they do, because, because that's not what people want to, to be seen in the world. Yeah. And if you look at all the statistics about marriage, if you look at the statistics about having children, it's 50-50 about whether you're going to be happy yeah. or you're not going to be happy. <laughs> so 50-50 say I'm going to be happy without pulling someone else into this. Yeah. Right. And and if and the consequence of pulling somebody else into this and the consequence of of you know being in a relationship with someone you don't want to be in a relationship is very high. And so it on your mental health, on someone else's mental health, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's so easy for us to get trapped in this like bubble of our social media and shit when in actuality, it, what the decisions that you're making are not wrong. Yeah. And I feel bad for women too, because some of them are like, okay, well, and we're at the age now where we're like, okay, well, there are a lot of women we know who are in their thirties and they're single and they're like, all right, I got I want to have a child or whatever. And I want to, yeah. I have all these like goals because, and and I want, and I don't know, you know, every woman is different, but I wonder how much people have examined those goals. Like, yeah, maybe I, they I, have, maybe they haven't. I don't know. I feel really lucky that like some of my friends do have like a really strong maternal urge and they know that they want children, but I have never had that urge. Yeah. Like that has given me the freedom to like leave things and like not be particularly worried about a specific timeline. Mm -hmm. Whereas like some of my friends do have like, well, okay, I have five years with which to do this thing. I need to like lock something down now uh, because they don't want to do it by themselves. And I'm like, Oh, I don't, I could do that thing if that comes up, but I don't feel a need to do that thing at yeah, all. Yeah, I have strong paternal instincts. I would love to be a dad, but I don't think it's the right move. <laughs> like, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, I've evaluated it, and mm. I don't think it's the right move. And it's taken me a long time to sort of realize that like doesn't make me like less of a person. But yeah. again, everyone is different. I don't want to like shame people who are like, oh, I want to have a kid in five mm. years, so I got to find somebody. And it just makes it, 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 I don't want to shame them. And I don't think that's necessary. Oh yeah. But it makes your life easier to not like, not feel like you have to do this thing right now. Yeah, totally. And it just makes it easier to, and even it, it just puts so much pressure on dating and it's an unnecessary pressure and, and makes you feel unnecessarily bad about yourself because you know, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> You're not a bad person. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, we've been talking for more than an hour, which is good because it the fuck? edit out a lot of I feel like yeah. I'm being too vulnerable or we're just not being particularly funny. But yeah. no, this is a this was oh man, five years. Holy fuck. five years. So I want to ask, like in the last five years, what way do you think you've grown the most? 
I think I'm a better listener. I think through knowing you and like talking with you, I, and like being like, you know, like we're like best friends. So it's like the, all of that, like process of, of getting to know you and like doing this podcast and talking to everybody has made me like a better listener. And I think that the ultimate goal of anybody should be like not applying situations personally. And I think I've done a lot better job of that since doing the podcast and doing it with you of like listening to other people and being like, okay, right. This situation doesn't necessarily apply to me. Uh, or like don't personalize a situation that happened to you. It doesn't mean it happens to everybody. Right. I think that learning that has been a very big key for me. And also just like being shamed for like my, my fashion choices or like, my stylistic choices our friendship generally yeah i didn't do that on the pod i was no, sometimes like, okay, sometimes we did it okay maybe occasionally <laughs> i don't think on the pod generally i was like okay you guys can't see this but look at what this son of a bitch is wearing i know <laughs> <laughs> but i think that like that kind of stuff has been like very it's been very helpful and like talking to people and understanding they're experiencing the same things has been really helpful like us like, yeah, talking about race and dating, our parents and stuff like that, our, our upbringings and how that affects the way that we interact on dates and, and, and relationships has been very, very good. Yeah. yeah. What about you? What's the, what, what, what have you learned? For me, I, I don't think I was particularly empathetic and I think I was much more judgmental mm-hmm. uh, before we started doing this. And like, you are so patient and yeah, I mean, this like in a general way, but like, I think the best, like the time that I think of when I think of like how you really demonstrated it is when you tried to teach me how to play tennis, but like, oh, yeah. <laughs> how, like I'm not good at physical things or like, mo- like hand eye coordination things I tend to be bad at. It takes me a long time to get it. And just like how you're willing to be like, so patient is also the way you're willing to be patient with people in other ways mm-hmm. and seeing that and like recognizing like that you meet people where they are and you work from there versus like they need to get here they're not here why bother like trying right that has been very helpful in deepening the relationships i have with other people so like yeah. not necessarily i mean in some ways romantic but i still don't think i'm particularly patient there but like just in friendships that has really helped me say like hey, we both are people who are flawed. And some of the things that I've been saying, oh, this is a flaw. It's just a different way of existing that doesn't have a value up or down. Yeah, exactly. And I think that you've done that in your relationships too. I think that like that has that has come across. I mean, I I, I joke that you're like, like one track minded, <laughs> but it's like, no, it, it, I've definitely seen it. Like, and I've definitely seen you like, be like, be like, I'm going to give this guy like one more chance. or I'm going to be a little bit more patient because uh, maybe it could work. And then it, and you know, it doesn't, and that's not, again, like not your fault. Like that's not like uh, there, it, that happens. There's a reason that you, there's a reason that like, you know, not you're, there's one person for you, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. All right. Like, even though there isn't one person, you know what I mean? Like, yes, yes, yes. Okay. I even like a single soulmate that exists that like sure. you have to match up with, but like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've, you know, two have been like a little bit more open sexually now that, that we do the podcast and like, there, are, there are more things that I want to do sexually and I'm willing to talk about with my girlfriend that, and I don't feel guilty about it. So, Hell yeah. yeah. So that's been really nice and something that has happened because of the podcast. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I think I've probably, people have listened to the podcast that have dated me and I wish that they wouldn't. So 
Yeah, I think that that's happened to me too, but people haven't been as upfront with me as they have been with you. <laughs> yeah, you get a text message. It's like, hey, listen to your podcast and where you said this about me. And I'm like, you know what? I say what I say on this podcast with the assumption that no one's listening. And that's how I'm able to be. Open. Yeah, exactly. It's up to me. <laughs> also, like, we're not mentioning names. Like, yeah. the only person who knows is the person who exactly. is. Exactly. And they may not even know. <laughs> yeah. Really, given how quickly I start and stop dating people. Who I'm talking about was like a month ago. Yeah, for yeah. real. So yeah, exactly. Like we've forgotten about it. Yeah. <laughs> By like, the time the you, podcast you said like, oh, the guy who did this, and I'm like, no idea what you're talking about. I yeah. Forgot. Oh yeah, I remember because I'm not in your head all day, but you're in your head all day, so you're not gonna remember everything. So, uh, but yeah, no, I fucking love the pod. I love doing it. I love talking to people. I love talking to you. This is like, it's so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> I love talking to you too, Rohan. I use the last five years thing as the replacement for final thoughts, but. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Like do you have any other final thoughts or where can people find you on the internet? No, just, you know, at Rohan Pide, cool guy. I am Rohan cool guy on Twitter. Like listen to the podcast, give us five stars, write a review. Like that's what I want. That's the only thing I want. <laughs> for this podcast fifth birthday, what I want is for you to share it with mm-hmm. friends to talk about it on social media, mm-hmm. to make fun of us, but in a yeah. way that draws additional attention to us because we need attention and we love it. And yeah. we're off of it because we're broken people. So DM just, us too, Jesus. DM us, yes. I, mean, I, I love hearing from people who listen to the pod. It yeah. shocks me every time. I'm like, anyone listens to this, great. But truly, please do reach out to us. It brings us joy. Yeah, for real. I've had a few people reach out and it's been like the light of my day. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah. Thanks listeners. Thank you for listening. Not, I don't think most of you have been listening for five years, but thank you for that. There have been listeners for the past yeah. five years. We appreciate yeah, it. We appreciate uh, it. You can find me at Kenise Mobley on all of the platforms. Watch my show, Make Yourself Cry on Tuesdays on mm-hmm. Instagram Live. Check out my Fallon set. You know what? Yeah. Follow both of us uh, yeah. in the internet, not in person. And yeah. well, this has been Love About Town. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Bye. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.